Today, the Dorks are doing a bonus episode to talk to some of the presenters for the Stratus Innovation 2023 conference. This is the second time the event has taken place, and it brings together some of the best MEP fabricators in the United States to teach and learn from each other in one of the most uniquely practical conventions of the year. Like the convention, there's plenty to be learned from our guests, so relax and tune in to this bonus episode. And we're live. We're here with a bonus episode of the Dorks talking about Stratus Innovate. 2023 and we've got on some of some of the big stars of that show and we're gonna delve into it and into the the previous innovate a little bit which we were all at like trent does it feels like a long time ago doesn't it man feels like what was it two years ago uh curtis in two years even though it's early we should probably you know do a brief introduction of our drinks hopefully they're non-alcoholic this morning at this at at this this no judgment no judgment yet. Although Trent, Trent, is today your official graduation day or is it tomorrow? It's today, man. Today's today's the last day. So be the be the cheat date tomorrow. So right on. But, For uh, anybody that doesn't know out there, Trent just finished the hard 75, like a full 75 day. You want to explain it, man? That was crazy. Uh uh sure. Yeah, no, just uh 75 straight days. Um of like dieting, no alcohol, uh, working out, drinking water, and uh, reading. So it's there's stipulations you have to meet every day, 75 days in a row. If you miss any day, you have to start over. So um, did you uh, did you join the Scholastic Reading Club for that? <laughs> I read, uh, um, man, I read probably like six books in 75 wow. days on, and wow. they have to be nonfiction. So it has to be like a self help. Uh, what was the best one? We gotta hear that. Best book? Yeah. Um, so I actually got to uh, probably read about 12 years too late, but I got to I got to finish the four hour work week actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> much of that book is a little irrelevant today, but uh, some of the principles in there are still really good. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. Good so what are you drinking, man? Coffee, man. We're we're uh we're getting going this morning. So got a uh, nice big. Army, U.S. Army tumbler full of Folgers. And uh, Mr. Travis, what are you drinking today? Um, we're still, well, I mean, I think it's two in a row now. I'm just drinking good old-fashioned water here. Nice, cool, crisp water. Old-fashioned? Old-fashioned. What? what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, um, for everyone else, could you, could you guys just quickly introduce yourselves? Uh, maybe starting with you, Mr. Jake. Uh, good morning. Jake Olson, uh, Vice President of Engineering at Binsky & Snyder, uh, Large Mechanical in the Northeast. Drinking, uh, I'm addicted to cappuccinos, so I'm on number, I had a very late flight last night, so I'm on number three, trying to get myself going this morning. But uh, yeah, I like to make nice cappuccino every morning, so nice to be here. Hey, Jason, how about- Valley of you. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. Exactly, exactly. Jason, uh, wanna give us a quick intro? Sure. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, Jason Steele, uh, VDC manager with MMC Contractors National, uh, based out of Kansas City, and uh, happy to be here. Just uh, a little water myself this morning as well. All right, let's flip it over to uh, Mr. Doug Smith. Uh, Doug Smith with Dynamic Systems out of Austin, and I'm drinking high quality H2O. <laughs> Sensing a theme. Uh, 
Scott, Scott, uh, can you introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, hi, good morning. I'm Scott McTash. I'm vice president here at Murphy Company. VC Group uh, falls underneath me. Um, we have offices mostly in Colorado and, and our headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri, but we do do work all over the place. Um, and I am embarrassed to tell you, I have my dollar McDonald's <laughs> coffee that I- Right on. Pretty good. No. They make good coffee. Hey, Curtis. in a pinch. Curtis, could you could you introduce yourself yourself but more more? Could you kind of talk about um, innovate and and why we brought everybody together uh, for this webinar? Um, I'm Curtis Watson. I'm the chief product officer at GTP. I am enjoying homemade Carrig coffee. You know, coffee pot coffee with a little bit of foamed milk on top to make it fancy. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we're excited to be doing Stratus Innovate again. Um, it was hugely successful the first year that we did it. Um, you know, we're bringing these guys together uh, um, to kind of talk about, you know, one of the things I really want to emphasize that you're going to kind of hear from, from these folks is it's called Stratus Innovate, but really it is a fabrication industry conference, you know, uh, prefabrication workflows, um, uh, uh, you know, pre-construction estimating, all of those things, shipping and logistics, the value that I think a lot of people got out of it last time, at least, you know, one of my favorite conferences over the years have been things like, um, you know, uh, the MEP conferences, the old, uh, the old back in the day TSI conferences, things like that. And quite frankly, I've met most of these gentlemen here at those conferences. And uh, you get to talk to, uh, talk to people, get down into the weeds. We're going to have real conversations. Um, it's uh, Autodesk is sponsoring us and being part of it. So keynotes by uh, Jake, I believe Jake's talking about uh, um, how, how to get your own perfect package, uh, right, uh, <laughs> right, Jake? Uh, uh, you know, so he's gonna be talking about that. And then uh, Sid, uh, Sid from Autodesk will be talking about laying waste to waste. We're gonna have vendors there and all that good stuff, but. Uh, this is not a high-level conference. This is going to be both high-level, but also down in the weeds, talking with real people down in the trenches. So, handing it over to you guys. These are the guys that you don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from these guys. So, before. Uh, well, I think that's uh, the perfect time to transition. Then um, we'll go on my screen from from left to right. So, Doug, why don't you give us a teaser of what you're presenting on and why you're excited to be at Innovate? Well, of course, you know, we got to we got to deal with Todd, right? So we said we'd be happy to present the next thing you know, we got four slots. So we're we're filling slots now, but we're dividing stuff out. We're we're going to do a lot of stuff that that you might have seen in that Smagna video show about hangers and how we export to Tremble directly out of Stratus. We're going to do some some workflows that generally GTP and Stratus is steering away from, which is their their digital and paperless, but some things still require paper. But we're going to show how we do the multi-page uh, plotting and printing of packages and printing a cover sheet on them. That's the basically an ISO map with all the schools behind it. How we do that for well tracking and other things. We're also going to show some things on advanced methods of bringing in some parts and getting their size down. So they're more usable in your models when you have 10,000 of the same valve and they're huge. It, it, it kills your model. So we've got some techniques for that. And we're going to show a little bit about some labor tracking and some exporting of data. 
No, that, that's fantastic. And it really does, you know, hammer on to Curtis's point. And I think we're all on the same mindset here. We're, we, we prefer these conferences where it's actually contractors presenting things that they're actually doing. So um, that's, that's nice to hear. I'm excited to hear that one. What about you, Jake? You can talk about packaging, it sounds like. Well, I mean, the title of my talk is I have the perfect package. So uh, <laughs> we know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, we've had a pretty uh, fun journey the last, um, I've been at Bitsky for about eight months now and have worked really hard to um, really put in place what we've called the Bitsky production system, but really try to use manufacturing excellence um, throughout our entire process. So not just optimizing the fab shop, which I think is, I'd call that kind of prefab 101 is like really focusing on the fab shop and, you know, you end up doing a lot of things like putting everything on racks and putting everything through the tiger stop and welding a bunch of stuff in the shop. What we've, the uh, prefab 102 or 201 or whatever you want to call the next phase, I think is actually looking at the entire process. And what starts to shake out is it doesn't always make sense to prefab. That's like big question number one. Secondly, how you fab and, and you know, some of you guys are more advanced at this than others, but you know, do we, do we allow 3D shapes? Do we allow 2D shapes? Do we allow flats only in our packing? And you know, once you start looking at logistics, for example, do we want just straight pieces of pipe? Do we want pipe with fitting, only linear pieces? Um, but for, for us, this has been effectively, how do we build packages of fabrication material that we can track through that system in a way that we can actually get a feedback loop and know where it makes sense to fab how do we optimize the fab and where it makes sense to stick build or limit the amount of prefab we're doing? And and I'll tell you, it's been a pretty interesting journey. And, and um, before we went live here, Scott, that's why I was digging in on how you're tracking the status in the field, because I mean, I, I can tell you, I've spent a lot of time doing time studies on this stuff. And if you don't understand that component of your prefab, how do they get it onto the truck, off of the truck, up in the air, fit together, I can, I've got great stories on, on racks that we've, uh, I don't know how many people have really looked at optimizing racks. I think, you know, five, 10 years ago, we assumed if you're doing racks, you're doing good. When you actually go and do the time studies on how long it takes to fit up the racks, it's, and mainly it's the field time that matters, right? I mean, we found all kinds of areas we shouldn't be doing racks, for example, but we were just blindly doing it. So the unlock here for, for Binsky anyway, was getting packages that are discrete enough that they can be measured. You can use them in estimating, use them in fab, and then use them out in the field, and then tie all that back together with a feedback loop so we can actually measure and see where we're at on, on production rates. And it's a journey, we've we still got a long ways to go, but getting those packages really well defined and using them throughout the system has allowed us to look not just at fab, but at the entire, what we call the production process. So it's been a huge uh, change. I'd say right now we've read the, we're at the phase of identifying all the problems and now we're starting to fix them, but it's been a pretty fun journey. Yeah, that, that I, wanna, like a... I, I kind of want to continue that because I've kind of intimately been working on some of that with Jake. Um, and, you know, for those of you that are, th that, that are going to innovate or thinking about going to innovate when we talk about packaging, work packaging, short interval planning, I don't care how you, I don't know, I don't care what name you call it. Um, you can just say, well, that's how I work, you know, work plan, blah, 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 blah. It, it, it's a lot of the same. And I think we were getting lost. The different stakeholders 
and when I say stakeholders, not even the different companies, but the different departments within the same company, we're yep. getting we're getting messed up there because you know VDC is talking about their packages, and then we have of course our production packages, and then you've got a guy on site, a field superintendent who who's also work packaging. He's not necessarily relaying that. I mean, but he's doing it. So everybody's doing this, and I mean, even estimators are work packaging. I mean. But the problem is we never had this feedback loop because the estimator's package was different than the production team's package, which was different than how the VDC team was packaging, which was different than how the people on site were actually installing pack. I mean, so we weren't getting that feedback loop. And I think Jake and I really looked at a lot of that and we're like, you know, the only way we're, we're going to get there is we've got to be talking the same. We, we, we got to have this common language. So that's exactly um, where we're at. We, we were all talking all these different this different languages the field is breaking things down we're breaking things down we spent a lot of time you'll see it on the tour um having a workflow of how we actually package as a group together so we're all talking the same language what's in the in the shop the batch number that they use in the sheet metal cad duck is the same number as the package so we're not talking different languages um stuff like that that's it was harder that was harder to do than I thought just because I didn't realize how many different systems we had in place and we, we've tried to bring them all together in these dashboards that we created um, and like I said when you do our tour you'll we'll, we'll demonstrate the dashboards you'll be able to talk to the to the guys on the floor that are actually using the stuff and everything you're not gonna you're not gonna see me but um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a perfect, I think in the biz, we call it a segue, Scott. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and talk about your role here then in the Stratus Innovate Conference. Um, yeah, Murphy Company is going to be doing the tour um, that some of you guys are signed up for, um, I think, before the conference, uh, just, just to see how Stratus is being used on a production floor, um, how we're using it. You know, obviously, we're, we've probably got a lot to learn from you guys, um, but... We've been using it for a couple of few years and we and Murphy's got our, our own workflows and we're a complicated company and um, we do a lot of complicated work. Um, so we'll show you guys how we've uh, adapted. Um, we'll probably go over stuff that hasn't worked for us. Um, but you know, it's we're just gonna be open um, for you guys to see our workflows. Great. Don't let Doug in, he'll steal it all. You know, one of the things that Scott just mentioned there that I think is invaluable about one of the experiences of talking to each other is it share the share the uh, failures, you know, share, share the things that haven't worked because, um, you know, save people that pain. And you, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've learned a lot over the years and a lot of it has been be, uh, because of those failures. So, uh, you know, getting to hear and talk with each other about what's worked and hasn't worked is, is going to be incredibly, incredibly um, important. Sorry, Doug, just wanted to chime in on that. And that's the best thing about these conferences is being able to talk with all your peers in the industry. And and that that's really what I get out of out of it the most is, is being able to see everybody, you know, once, twice a year and, and we can get together and bounce things off, you know, bounce ideas off one another. And, you know, I talk to Doug a lot. I talk to Jake a lot. You know, I talk to Curtis. You know, we we bounce ideas off of each other. And, you know, and, and it's, we're all trying to get better at the end of the day. We're all trying to put in, trying to put in work as efficiently, as effectively as we can 
Um, and so trying to, you know, have, being able to have those conversations and, you know, it's, our industry is a, it's relatively a small industry. And, and so being able to, to communicate with one another is, is going to these conferences is one way we, that we can definitely do that. You know what I noticed about the last conference, what I liked most, Jason, was probably the fact that you guys are all have mature VDC departments. You have sort of mature fab shops, and that's different than when you go to some of the other conferences where a lot of people are still just starting out with their fab. They're starting out with their VDC. They're all at these baby steps, and you go to the Innovate one for Stratus, and it's like, okay, everybody's got VDC. Everybody's doing prefab, and now the discussion's moved, like you said, to work packaging, to the finer points, to how do we tie it into estimating, how do we like Jake said, complete the loop. And, and, you know, I'm really excited to see Scott's shop because I think that you combine that with a shop that that's sort of trying to execute on all that and it gives the context for a lot of those discussions. But, you know, I, I think most of you were here at, at, at the first one. Um, did the first one, did you walk away with, with some big influences coming out of, of, of the first Innovate conference? And, and what, what are some of those? Or, Jake, you're you're not in your head. Yeah, I was there at the time, not as a Stratus user, but um, uh, I was definitely part of it. I had a nice presentation on an integration with Stratus with another software I was involved in. And um, the, my takeaway, I think, was similar to what you said, Jonathan. The There's a unique group of people. It was a large group of people, but it was unique in that people were similar to the same journey, level of experience. and you know, similar in their size of their, not size of the company, but their ad technology advancement in the company. So you could jump right away into some really good conversations and not have to be like, oh, you know, do you guys do fabrication or, you know, do you do big work or, because everybody was at a level of technical competence from a construction side. Well, you're, you're right into the meat and bones. So it was a, it was a unique group of people. I mean, I know you can go to Autodesk University and a lot of the same people are there. But you got to weed through uh, 10,000 people to find the ones that are actually helpful to you and you want to build connections with. Where at Innovate, I felt like every single person was like, oh, yeah, I need, I need to keep this person on my LinkedIn right away because these, you know, these are the people that move yeah. the chain. You know, I think it's I think it's really cool because, yeah, you talk about all the the big contractors that are there, but they're all the small guys are also there and they're looking yeah. they're looking up to the bigger contractors. And how can we get to that that place? And so I think it's pretty cool to be able to sit down and, you know, talk to those guys and talk about, you know, best practices, things that you're able, you're able to do as you, as you've grown your department and your company's grown and, and things that maybe they're at the ground floor on right now. And, and so being able just to share, and I think it's valuable for them as well. Yeah. And don't ignore those small guys. Yeah. I mean, you go in there and look, I mean, I'll tell you what, there's some of the most innovative, uh, you know, MacGyver type people you're going to find because, mm -hmm. The big guys can write a check for a solution. The small guys, they're crafty. I mean, pay attention to them. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll learn some cool stuff for sure. Some of the most creative, uh, creative users that we have have been the smaller companies. They, you know, uh, you know one of the, the benefits of a large company is, you know, you have those processes and you have those procedures and you have kind of some time-tested things. Um, it's a lot easier, uh, I think, sometimes for some of those smaller companies to come on and adopt, you know, different software platforms, even besides Stratus, because, you know, they don't, they're not necessarily tied to things. They're first off on the journey and they can, they can test things out, throw it against the wall and discard things a lot easier. 
um, you know, than, than a larger company when you're trying to steer that big ship. So um, there's definitely learning coming from both sides there, from small to big. I can attest to that. I mean, trying to make any changes inside our company is difficult just because we've had so many processes and procedures for a hundred years and people are entrenched in things and, and making change in, inside the company is, is hard. So one thing I want to, I want to kind of get back and, and back to that package talk and, you know, um, you know, Jake's, we, we've kind of bounced back and forth talking to Todd and Kamei and, and what all we're going to speak about at, the, at this conference. And, um, you know, so one of the things that, that we're going to be speaking of is that package level uh, labor tracking. And, and so kind of trying to add on to some of the conversation that we're having. And, and so we've actually had one of our, our operations managers who's really dove in deep on Stratus and, and developed some workflows and things that were, you know, they were manual you know, forever, whether it was through Excel or other means. And, you know, then we, I'll say probably four years ago, we kind of went down a path with assemble and how could we do some of this stuff with assemble. And, and, um, you know, so after that, you know, we started realizing that we're duplicating a lot of the effort with some of the things we're doing with Stratus. And so, um, he identified and he's been, you know, in communication with the, the development team at, at Stratus and how can we add some more functionality and to get, completely where we need to go. And so, so Bardek with, with our group is going to be speaking to that package level um, labor tracking and some of the stuff that he's developed and, and, and some of the workflows that he's been rolling out to our operations team and, and our field teams out there and, and trying to, you know, we talk about, you know, all the different uh, you know, silos that we all traditionally have lived in and, and the packages for fabrication or VDC or, or the field and you know Stratus allows us to pull all that together and and so we are now to where a package is just a package it's not an estimating package or a VDC package it's it's a package and and our, our field team is really taking a lot of ownership between our field team and our our fab shop are taking a lot of ownership and you know we really try to push our superintendents to develop those packages themselves and then whoever creates those assemblies with, with inside those packages, um, whether it's somebody in the shop, somebody on my team, their cells, you know, it just really depends on um, availability and, you know, the, the know how to do it. And, but really it's, it's down to, uh, you know, a package, just a package now. And, and, and we can have those, those conversations. And, and so it is consistent from the time it leaves VDC till the time it's up in the hangars and we walk away from it. So, um, you know, so we're we're doing that, and, and and Jake, you mentioned you know the the racks and some of the things there, and you know it's kind of another conversation that I'm going to take part of out there is is we had the opportunity to work with Autodesk early on this year to um, put together a kind of a customer story of of a project that we did down in Atlanta on a large healthcare facility, and and that was one of the things that we had done, and it was it was a probably a pretty early project in Stratus for us. I mean, this job is is still finishing up, but we started kind of having some of these early conversations back in 2018, 2019. And, and, um, so we can, we're going to talk through some of that and, and we're going to show a, a video of, of, um, you know, some of the things that we did on that project. And so it's, it's really exciting. It's really cool to be a part of. Video. Do you guys have videos? Video? <laughs> yeah, just got, I think it went public this week, I think. Leave it to Jason to one up a cell, you know. Come on. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, cool. 
sorry. I, are you? Um, how are you tying that back to estimating? This has been one of the fun parts of my journey is making sure, you know, because we want to effectively know if we're going to make money in the job. To do that, you got to make sure you're talking the same language all the way back up at estimating that you are in VDC, that you are in the field. Are you are you doing group like job kickoff kind of how we're going to break down our estimate and package it or how do you handle that? And um... yeah, we, we do. We have, you know, this depends on the, the type of project that we're doing, whether it's a, a plan inspect job or a design assist. And, you know, a, large, a lot of these large projects that we do anymore are design assist. And so our pre-construction team is working early on with with my team. And then at some point there's a handoff to our operations team. And, and so we kind of talk, we, we make a lot of those early decisions on, you know, are we going to be doing multi-trade rack or, you know, kind of working through some of the, the initiatives of the, the owners on the project or, you know, internal initiatives that we have. And, you know, we, we, we have that handoff meeting to the ops team. So, you know, the one thing that's, you know, consistent is, is my groups engaged with the pre-construction team and the operations team through the whole life cycle of the project. And, and so, um, you know, my people are usually pretty in tune with, with what we've discussed through um, from the estimate through pre-construction and then into construction and prefabrication. And, and so, um, you know, the, the piece of tying it back to the estimate, yeah, we haven't got that figured out yet. I mean, that there's a lot that goes into it. There's, you know, your estimating databases and what softwares we're using and all that, but really, I think what we're really trying to do is is get it back to our ERP, um, and so that's that's some of the things that we've really been pushing on is is getting that data out of Stratus of, of where we at where where we are at, and then getting it back into our ERP system so that we have you know it's it's just kind of um, like I mentioned earlier, just kind of fixing some of those old problems with manual effort that it took to do some of those things. And so we can, you know, we can send a project engineer out on the job site and they can walk around and, and status um, the packages and then pull them back in with face codes into our ERP system and we can track all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be, that'd be good. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some good notes to compare there. It sounds like Scott, you and I are all on the same journey. So be fun. Part of the We're perfect packaging, right? Jason, you brought up a good point though, when you said, so, you know, you, you guys are, you're identifying that a package is a package, right? You've got your team looking at that uh, as kind of like the common language. You know, there's no longer this separation of packages. But you mentioned the people developing. I mean, I guess the, the people who are actually going through and doing this, this um, subdividing and, and determining these packages is the field team, right? That's the, right. yeah. And I think that's an important thing to point out. You know, we've gone back and forth on this because as contractors, you know, the big buzzword right now is manufacturing and all these all these MEP contractors want to call themselves manufacturers. We're not manufacturers, right? It's kind of a um it, it's it's kind of a fallacy. I mean, there are manufacturing practices that we use in our work um through fabrication and, and different things, but we're not manufacturers. At the end of the day, we're still building prototypes to a point. We're still out there on a job site putting these buildings together. And I think Jason hit on it. You know, we have that common language, but whoever is determining that language, you know, that that's important. What stakeholder in the project is is slicing that pie up? And to me, the answer is where you know where's the where's the bulk of your labor and your risk? 
where does it still lie? It lies in the field. So to me, that's who that's who's doing this. If a mechanical contractor ever got to the point where 51% of their labor and risk was in the fab shop, hey, holy shit, you did it. But guess what? Now those guys can determine the packages, right? But until that happens, I think it's a good point, you know. And and these are all these are all the conversations that that happen at this event, and that's what makes this event so cool. I mean, to be but, honest, when you say that, when you say that, you know, we have our field team doing it. That the reason that we have our field team doing it, and the reason that we were really successful in pushing that forward is is because of these conferences. I went and I sat down with Doug, and I'm like, Doug, how are you guys doing this? How are you rolling it out? And he's like, Our field guys are doing this. So when I came back and we're like, how are we going to roll this out? I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm talking to DSI and, and, and Helm and others at these conferences, and this is how they're doing it. And so it just becomes the, the standard. I mean, we're, we're learning from each other, you know, especially with a, with a product like Stratus. We're all, I mean, even GTP is learning from us as we're learning, you know, we're all learning together to build this into the best solution that we can have for the industry. I was going to comment on that when you guys were all talking about that. That's one of the benefits. And, and, you know, you do see it with other software companies and other conferences, but GTP is learning along with everyone. Um, it's, it can, you know, close your you know earmuffs there, Curtis, but it can be a little frustrating sometimes as a customer when another customer gets the ear of, of the, you know, the development team and maybe takes things down a path. But um Ultimately, they, you know, it is it is a community effort to get this platform built out. Well, it's it's one of, it's, you know, it's the benefit and the curse of having a super flexible solution with a lot of customization because, you know, it isn't like you open up like Stratus out of the box and all of a sudden you're doing what everybody else is doing. It takes a it takes a true implementation and there's a lot of ways you can customize it for your process. And then there's probably a lot of opportunities to not necessarily change the software for your process, but change your process a little bit to get more value out of the software. And but because it's a it's such a customizable tool, I think that's where you almost have to build a network or a peer group of users and swap notes and um, you know dashboards, reporting, how you do packaging, um, all that type of stuff. You can you almost have to find a group of people to learn from each other to really get the value. So quick question for Doug, Jake, Jason, and Scott. I mean, one of the things that Jason just mentioned was how are you, you know, like who's doing the packaging? Who's, you know, because you have like a package is a package, right? You know, what are the challenges there? Are you guys, you know, tying that back to, you know, like the job cost, you know, like the, like the job cost breakdown at the beginning? They estimating has their idea how they're trying to do it. They assign phase codes, labor codes. Have you, I mean, how have you been successful with, or have you? Been successful of like tying that back to you know this is what they broke out in the estimate this is the package this is the phase codes and do you all have actually have standard phase codes that's a loaded question <laughs> you want the uh, real answer <laughs> we, we don't have we don't have standard phase codes and we have 12 branch offices so each one of those have their own custom idea of what works better right so we've got a huge problem there so what we do to get around that is after we're done with a floor or an area, we send that back to estimating. We don't we don't send anything. They access Stratus and they run an estimating report afterwards so they can see what we actually built and what it actually took to install it, compare that against our our uh, Vista charges, and they can see where we are, how we're how we're trending on that job. What do we need to do different? We also do that going in, right? Trent, that's the full circle. We do it going in 
you know, an estimate is a guesstimate in a lot of cases, especially on design build. We're not building the same thing they, they looked at on paper. So we'll go in there. The first task that our superintendents do on a job site is run, a, run their own bill of materials on the design documents that we put out in Stratus. And they say sector A is worth 800 hours. They go look at their estimate. It says sector A is worth 300 hours. They need, they need to have a meeting, find out what's going on. So we, we know going in what we designed and what we have budgeted for that area is going to be above or below what the estimate was. And then we use that information as we go through the jobs and we correct it at the end. We correct it, it as we go as we finish areas. Love so it. like really early on, like, hey, you know, the design was a thousand pounds of metal and we actually were able to fulfill the design for 800 pounds of metal. That's why, that's mm -hmm. why you know, there's less labor, less cost or, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Right. And, and we use those those reports to tell us, hey, we put in less metal, but we charge more hours. What the hell happened? You yeah, know, exactly. somebody, somebody needs to yeah. explain that. Sometimes Just because you were under our material oh, isn't really got you there. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I think I think this is a, a tack on to that, but I mean the realization we had was unless the units of measurement, meaning the like the package size and type, makes sense in the field. The rest of this is a waste of time, because at the end of the day, if that doesn't make sense as a a piece of work that could be installed and measured and tracked in the field, none of the feedback works. So you really have to start with the field in mind when you start thinking about packaging. And we we screwed up on the I can I'm a, I have this whole I'll give you the whole package journey that we went yeah. through. We've like five, yeah, yeah. And, you know, oh, we'll just do system by area or, you know, floor system. Well, guess what? If that project's going to be built in a way that you're kind of doing vertical and then you go horizontal, you're doing risers and branches and mains, if you don't really think about how the project's going to be sequenced in the field, it's impossible to get accountability on hours associated with these packages. So the whole thing has to start thinking about the interface, the field work interface, and then you work backwards up and estimating. And, and that's where we, you know, we made a lot of mistakes trying to do that the other way around and say, okay, what's the easiest way to break this thing down from an estimate standpoint? Well, that's great. If that doesn't make sense to anybody else down the road, BDC and, and CHOP, and, and it, it, it fails. So that, that's been, I think, the big mental shift for us. And, and I know, Doug, you've kind of got there too of letting the field define the packages. The way now, yeah, the, the, the silver bullet here then is, is closing the loop. And uh, I think we'll have some fun talking about different ways to do that between right. software and tools. Yeah, we're we're in the same boat. We I like Doug's idea. We we haven't really tried to do that, but I think you know we estimate a lot of jobs off of what we call pre-con. A lot of them are design assist, design build jobs. We're I mean we're estimating off schematic design and stuff, and it's hard to get something to relate to the packages that we're going to construct. So actually giving the package back to the estimators and having them estimate the package of how they would normally do it, then we can compare it side by side. Um, right now we're just giving a big picture, like they'll have you know, a thousand hours in for chill water system. And, and after we, we draw it and spool it, um, we can say, well, we got, you know, we got 1500 hours um, or, you know, and then we have our actual, so we can do it from systems because generally when they're, when they're doing a lot of the estimates, they do it by system, um, just because at, at a lot of times when they're doing the estimate, they don't really know how the job's gonna get built. So we are trying, but we got a long ways to go to bring it back to estimating. That would be a, 
that's a great journey for us that, to get on. That, that one, you know, what you're talking about there is, you know, we've, that's been kind of an ask of, of our field team of being able to want to go through and package before we are complete with the design. And so kind of having, you know, we've been asking for kind of that dynamic package where you define an area and then as parts come and go out of that area, then it's, it's kind of dynamic there to where our superintendents, when they've kind of what I call the honeymoon stage of the job, when they're really not busy building yet, and they have the time, they can go through and, and establish those packages. They can look at the GC schedule and see their dates and go through and establish those packages. And then as we're adding content or removing content from that, that, that package, then it's kind of dynamic to where we're not having to go through and add and add parts to that package. So um, that, that's been one of the big asks that our guys have had because they just didn't understand that coming from the field side and not understanding the technology. They just kind of assumed that that's how it worked is, oh, I can go in there and I can package everything up right now. And, and then as you guys publish to them, to publish the model that that package is going to have all the parts in it. This is not how it works. Jason, that's the power up. That's like the level two to get up because that's exactly the stuff that, that we're talking about. And with Stratus, the big unlock there, Jake, and we looked at this was like, holy crap, we get to that point And now, you know, we're tracking in real time in these, in these short interval plans, as I like to call them. And we're moving down the line. And that's, Part of what Jake will talk about too at the conference with the perfect package is you you need to subdivide the job up enough. I mean, you, you there's a point of diminished return, right? Like we, we hate to slice it too many times, but you need enough slices to where as these things are going and as you're moving through, um, I know at, at North Mechanical, we had the uh, uh, our forecast meetings with the executive and we did what we called the third or turd, right? So like the whole idea was, I wanna know if my job's a turd before I'm a third of the way through it, because I need the ability to influence change on that project. And that's where those small dissections come into play because we're, you know, our metrics are tighter and we're, we're doing more calculations as we move. And then it's like, but you also need enough of them done to have enough data to make a forecast. And we thought that like a third, you know, was kind of a good number, but that's the big unlock. And then you get to go to your project managers and be like, hey man, your forecast meetings, we got that done for you. Here it is. I mean, here's the info. You sit in the forecast meeting. Um, that's the big unlock with Stratus too, is if we get these little things right, the data like all of a sudden just falls into place and makes sense. And, and people's that's, jobs that's are done. Of, that's why you don't want to just have a chilled water system estimate because you know, you're, you're 90, how many times have you been 90% complete on your chilled water system in the field and you're 110% of your hours and you're like, well, shit, I still got 10% to go. <laughs> And I'm out of hours, but you don't realize it till you've burned the whole, you know, all the uh, hours down. So yeah, that's where that's where packaging gets you into a world of turning your estimate into, into a more discretized pieces that you can measure along the way. So and they need to be good start and stop packages. You don't want to package something that's going to be installed half of it this month and half of it two months down right. the road. That you have to start and stop, then you can measure that. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I'm hearing here and that, that I get out of it, you know, as, as somebody from GTP is, you know, I, I hear, you know, the conversation you guys are having and I immediately think of, of our deliverables feature, which could be vastly improved based off of just some notes I'm taking here right now. So, like, we love learning and hearing from you guys in terms of what you need, in terms of that 
uh, you know, we do have automated packaging. What we don't have is that, uh, you know, that dynamic auto, like set up what your packages are going to be and have it just populate as it goes along. So I find these incredibly valuable talking to you guys and uh, you know, hearing from the customers. So good stuff. Love it. I, I had a question for you guys because you guys went really deep on packaging and really that's sort of the next level stuff for Stratus. Just given that a lot of the people coming to this event are really starting with Stratus, do you guys have some quick wins that you could recommend to some of those people that are, are just stepping into the stepping into the water? How about yeah. quick wins or prerequisites, right? Database. A little bit of both, man. If, oh, database. If database is bad, you're going to have a bad day in Stratus. Yeah. No, uh, no database uh, talks on Friday. That's my rule. We can't go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> my morning. Um, you know, the the quick wins I think I think that that we had was kind of putting that power back into the hands of of the guys who were putting the work in. That's something that they felt like they lost when they were just trusting the VDC group to tell them how to build their job. This gives them some power back. Um, obviously the the amount you know by digitizing the shop you know that that allows them to you know not just have pieces of paper that are sitting around getting dirty and burn up all day long and um you know we're finding that you know we we can bring a guy in out of the hall and pretty quickly he's he's using stratus and and looking at everything on a monitor um you know that those things are big wins you know and then our you know the things that that slow us down that keep us are the vdc group you know when you get a foreman or a PM that calls you and says, hey, can you pull me a bill of material for this or bill of material for that? Or now they can just jump on there and they can get what they need when they need it. You know, it, yeah, the setup is the biggest part. If you don't have your setup done, obviously database plays into that, but then you gotta have standard reports and you gotta be consistent with your reports and you can't just build a report every time somebody wants a new report that says something else, you gotta, you got to control that a little bit, you know, no different than we had to do with in fabrication. But um, those are kind of the big wins that I've seen. I think change management is also a big one because we basically took it off the table. Uh, with Stratus being essentially a live copy of the model, the, the changes happen in the background. When somebody modifies uh, an area in the building and it's already been packaged, it, it self heals itself unless you add a new part. And then you can easily find that that something changed. But uh, we had a huge issue, just papers flying every different direction, you know, back in the old days when it went digital and then we went into Stratus. Now those, those things are all live, they're all real time. And the documents aren't sitting around, like you said, Jason, they're getting, we call them stale documents because as soon as you print them, they're old. And that caused us more trouble than almost anything. And I'm sure you guys have never had the, you know, uh, shoot as a detailer, right? I've, I've literally had to go out to the job site to try to get drawings away from folks put it in yeah. the garbage only to watch them take it out of the garbage can there's no garbage can for them to to take uh to take the old model yeah, out look behind their desk and there's seven rolls still 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 bound up with rubber bands that they haven't even opened yet so yes, what are sir. they building absolutely yeah i i agree with jason that putting that back in the in the superintendents or the job sites hands boots on the ground they they live and breathe that job every day there's nothing more valuable than that i when we said that in the MCA conference, we said all the time, they look at you like you got three heads. We, we can't do that. Our guys can't do that. Well, they can and they, and they like it. Our guys were being bogged down by excessive paperwork. And most of that paperwork was tracking and monitoring of the spools and the, the schedules and all that stuff. And we've taken all that off the table. Now that all that time they've gotten back with Stratus. Absolutely. 
how about in how about in like the uh you know stratus has a lot of equipment tie-ins and and is trying to drive a lot of your your fabrication shop are those easy things to achieve or do you think they're a little bit like the second level because i've never done an implementation with stratus is that like where you start or do you start you know like right after the database with with looking more at packaging and tracking i, I think that, i think that it's i mean it was relatively easy for well with with the watts table it was relatively easy because we were already using pipe server and, and we were already doing a lot of those workflows so they were used to that out in the shop um, kind of the same thing with the razor gauge i'll say the biggest thing with the razor gauge is just trying to to get it to talk to stratus the way that we needed it to talk because that wasn't really one of the early um early tools that that stratus went after and so we we did some stuff internally ourselves that made it a little bit more difficult but <laughs> um, since then, you know, Stratus has, has built a, an app to work with that. Unfortunately, our shop guys have gotten so used to the way that we programmed it before that they don't want to try anything else at this point. But, um, but yeah, it's it's that was relatively easy for us. I think it was the the guys in the shop. You know, they just liked it. It was one less step that they had to do. They can just go right through Stratus to do everything now. The shop was a was an easy lift. It, it's a natural mm -hmm. first first step, and uh, you know the the guys in the shop that are building the assemblies off of the off the monitors. Everything in the shop's digital now, so every every welder, every fitter has a monitor in front of them, and they love it that they can pick that that piece up and roll it around and see which way the OLEDs go and which way they're facing and how that 45 degree actually goes in. Pull their own dimensions off there. Those are the things that took detailing hours and hours to go trim out a a spool drawing, and that stuff is non-existent now. Yeah, um, yeah, and really a lot of people in that shop want to sit there and build cut lists and to back to the reporting and everything that we've talked about. It's just there now. We find the shop foreman said, we said, we're going to take your job from doing this, which was 10% of the shop budget was him building his fitting lists and cut lists and everything else. We said, we're going to make that into three, three buttons, three mouse picks. And he said, what am I going to do the rest of the day? I said, you're going to go run your shop. That's what you need to be doing. You're, you're We've even found that if we have a, a job that, you know, for whatever reason can't run through Stratus, that they're asking if we can print PDFs that they can put on their monitors. They don't even want paper out there anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Doug, what would what what would your shop uh, shop manager say if you went to him today and said, "Hey, tomorrow you're going to come into work and you're going to have to do this without Stratus"? What would he say? I'll tell you what he said. He said, "I'll quit." <laughs> He said that about three weeks ago. Yeah. He said, "Man, if we ever had to go back to the old way, I'd quit." <laughs> That's uh, you got to think about it. The old way. He. This is our plumbing foreman. So we were giving him back in the day. We, we called them ISO bombs. Right. So it was a whole sector of copper pipe. It had 500 cuts on it. We'd rip them through the tiger stop in an hour, and he had 500 pieces of pipe laying on the ground. He's over there sorting and trying to figure out where's where's number one. And now we're breaking them into 20, 30 pieces, and he can carry that piece over to the fab table, and it's all grouped together, and it's it's a smooth transition. And his That's his work, his productivity thing. went up tremendously. Yeah, I think if you can ask somebody that question, and that's the answer you get, that says everything. That's a good. I, that's a good answer. I, I asked I asked our shop foreman a couple months ago, and he said he'd have to have 30 more guys in the shop to do what he's doing with 10 or 12 right now. Wow, Curtis, you may want to clip that out. That would be, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, let's put it this way. I did a large pilot, you know, um, a year or so ago with uh, with with a client who 
their foreman had to present to get it approved. And the foreman's words to the to the approval committee at their company was, if you don't approve it, I'm just going to go ahead and buy it anyways. So <laughs> those, those, are, those are, are the kinds of comments. But as, as a person who has seen and been involved in a lot of the implementations, I want to go back to what Doug said real quick here, um, you know, in terms of tools are absolutely easy to do, absolutely easy to do if you have a, and we're going to talk about a database on Friday, if your model, whether it's a fab database or a Revit model, is accurate. If you're going to cut a lot of things very quickly, it's either going to be accurate or inaccurate. There's not a lot of in between. It's either all accurate or it's all wrong, and it's based on the quality of your model. So it's uh, it, it's one of those things that you know database and modeling accuracy, um, and then the not having to deliver paper allows your VDC team to, instead of focusing on like, well, I got to spend a certain amount of my budget creating the model, and then I got to spend a whole bunch of money like making paper. They can spend all their money. You can spend all of that detailing budget. Um, on just making sure that database is right and the model's right. So it really shifts and, and to really drive this home though, Doug, your impact at the MCA in terms of, of people seeing and having the, having the field own the breaking it up, that's trickling down all over the place, you know, that I'm seeing. Uh, people are really buying into that and, and the field, uh, I know uh, from what I'm seeing is absolutely uh, loving having the ownership of that. And, you know, feeling the ownership of the of project. So, outside of um, outside of sort of the implementation on the on the database side, because in case people don't tune in for the, for that, Doug, can you explain? Like, I, I just had to talk to a bunch of electricals. None of them use an ITM database. All of them are asking to do similar things to what we're doing. You know, with these databases. And Curtis, we do have electrical people on Stratus. What is what is sort of the advantage of having the 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 really tied in ITM based databases versus what they have to do on the electrical side with RFA? Well, on the on the piping side, just like Curtis said right there, when we're cutting copper pipe, if you're cutting for a NIPCO fitting or you're cutting for a ProPress fitting, they're different takeouts. So if you want them to be right, you have to be building by by vendor, by manufacturer. And, and so every one of our databases are built specifically around that product, whether it's a Charlotte PVC or No Hub or whoever it is, they're all specific and they're by name. And we've mentioned to our project managers very strongly that they have to buy exactly what we drew or then it's not going to fit. And it doesn't take long to figure that out. Why, that is a bigger why? problem, I think. So it's, it's very that. important that you... Gen generic doesn't work. Not when you're automa automatically cutting. If it's yeah. done right, it's a it's a huge quality control step on your yeah. VDC to project specs too. So you know we've got spent a lot of work on getting a good material matrix set up early, making sure we all agree with it, building your profile with that exact matrix, and then really it's it's hard to draw the wrong with the wrong material if you really if you really stick to that. But it's now just that getting, that matrix, getting that matrix filled out in a timely fashion before we get to start modeling is the challenge. That yeah. is. And yeah. then you've always got the, the sneaky salesman that slides in with a fishing trip and convinces the PM, uh, I, was hey, gonna I can sell you this plastic stuff secret on copper. Well, and, then, and then you run into the things, the unknowns. You know, I ran into one the other day where we had some large bore Schedule 80 PVC that the ITM content didn't match the fitting takeoffs when they showed up in the shop. And you've got those. And I tell the guys, 
you got to let me know when you come across those so we can fix them because the catalog's built or it's built off of the the vendor's catalog or the manufacturer's catalog and you know we can't do anything about that and they're pretty understanding but the last thing you want to do is is have it get missed and then it becomes a problem out in the field so you know you, you talk about that matrix and you know, I, I think we've we've gone to extents over the years and, and built different iterations of a matrix for our team to fill out. And it, it always feels like it's too complicated to fill out. And, you know, we put all the ASTM numbers in there and all the gaskets and the bolt types and all that stuff in there that that we need. And they don't understand that the, the, the importance of it. And, you know, I, I was before I got on with you guys this morning, I was sitting down with my developers and trying to build some sort of a cloud based matrix that make, maybe makes it easier for for them to fill out that you know that they're not having to go through an excel spreadsheet and and, and all the things that you have to go in there so um it, it is definitely if, if we don't have it it's it's garbage in garbage out um mm -hmm. but it's it's we've one spent a lot of time on that subject just in the last year we we rolled out what we're calling our uh, murphy standards and it's a matrix that is for like hey we use um this type of ball valve and we asked the project teams to submit all that stuff on all that commodity stuff that really isn't their focus. Their focus is on big equipment, stuff like that. So that is that has saved us a ton of time because we've got what we call our Murphy shop standards now. And we give them to the project managers. They submit it for approval. And 95% of the time it comes back approved and we're already up and running. We're not We're not waiting on the project management. The only is we, we try to do the same things, you know, and, the, and we have our standard and, you know, you have the one offs, the, the job that doesn't allow any grooves or doesn't allow any press. And you've got to, you know, or, you know, when you say I want to use as a standard, we want to use a Nibco butterflies. And then when you go out for pricing, they're twice as much as Milwaukee or Apollo. And you've got to make a decision. Is it worth the extra half million dollars to go to Nibco because that's our standard? So those those things, I understand those challenges that our operation team comes across, but it, it's you got to start with something. You got to start with the standard. I, I will say this is where building vendor partners in that standard has been a, a good success for us. So directly with Nibco, with Victolic, and and saying like, hey guys, we want to standardize on your stuff. I need you to guarantee me price. And I need you to go fight the battle if somebody doesn't understand why Victaulic should be acceptable in a water system. Yeah. And that's been, and I'll show them, I'm like, look, you guys are in my standard, but if you can't, you can't guarantee me these two things all the time, then I'm going to take you out of my standard. And that's been, it's actually been a really good partnership. We get yeah, we the same thing with our vendors. We're like, yeah. hey, we're going to name you as a standard. We want you to go the extra mile for us. Yeah, it, 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 we do the same we do the same thing, but being a, a nationwide contractor, we run into challenges because if we try to buy a valve in Los Angeles versus Atlanta and the valve costs different and then your distributor wholesaler is like, if you're going to, unless you're going to, if you're going to agree to buy from us across the board, across the country, then we'll give you that same price. But if you're going to use other vendors, then we're, it's going to be $15 more in LA than it is in Atlanta. Well, you know, I do want to say that that we will uh, um, we are exploring, you know, solutions and things we can talk about more at Stratus Innovate that that helps to support uh, um, material matrices created to databases and things like that. But as a former detailing manager, you know, um, it's amazing to have seen how the industry is shifting here 
from, you know, hey, just draw off whatever, and then we'll come up with a matrix after the fact. Um, it always amazes me that we call it virtual construction. You would never tell a guy in the field to go like, they're like, what are we building with? You're like, I don't know, choose a system and go in. And if we change it, we'll just like rip it out. You know, you would never do that, but you do it all the time with uh, virtual construction. And there's still there. Obviously, it's cheaper to do it, you know, digitally, but there's still a cost associated with it. So, you know, there's definitely an industry shift, um, you know, led by you guys of, 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 of pushing, um, you know, companies to understand that, you know, that those decisions being made early and standardizing uh, really affect the quality of the job and your ability to package, your ability to order material, all, all of that. So it's definitely been a C, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely been a shift, you know, there in the industry. We're, yeah. we're even starting to see where general contractors are, are asking us, like if we're in a design assist and we come across something and we have to submit an RFI to do something different than what the design showed, they're saying, redraw it with the solution but we want it to be the exact manufacturer specific parts and pieces you know typically a general contractor doesn't care they want to claim they as long as we claim the space they don't care but now they're starting to say we want that to be manufacturer specific and what you're gonna what your plan is there well i i hate to i hate to bring this to a screeching halt because this is a, a great conversation but i'll also say this is the kind of conversations that you're going to be seeing in, in denver here in what it's just over a month um, um it's not just software right um we do talk a lot of software there but um it is all of this industry stuff and, and it's one of the reasons that um any chance i get to to join a group like these these smart individuals there i i will take that opportunity so Curtis, I think it's a great time for you to go ahead and throw out the, the information to share out for anybody that doesn't know yet. Yeah, absolutely. Let me make sure that uh, I've got this up on my screen here. Hold on a second. Turn my screen. Can you guys, you guys see that? And then, so yeah, if you wouldn't mind going, so if you go to gogtp.com, um, you're gonna see uh, um, a link to our Stratus Innovate page. Um, it's uh, August 9th through 11th uh, out here in Denver at uh, the Gaylord Rockies, which is a really, really awesome place to stay. Autodesk will be there, uh, you know, vendors, networking, Andy Robbins. Uh, you can see the, uh, see the schedule, see all of it here in terms of what we're offering. And uh, sign up and, and, and you know, uh, get hooked up and come on out. We're looking forward to seeing everybody and, uh, and uh, you know, getting to know, getting to know everybody. So. It's all good stuff. Fantastic. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks to the guests. Uh, thanks for the people that uh, were listening in. It was a great time. Love. I love these conversations.